I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, a review of round 31 and preview of round 32. This episode is brought to you by Trinidad and Tobago Water Park, the perfect place to slip and slide your way to Russia. Oh, no, no. Uh, I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight... I'm joined by Mike Denton, Blaine Riffle. Actually, Blaine is not here yet. and uh, But we do have our special guest, Parker Cleveland from Dirty South Soccer. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello, friends. Hey, everyone. Doing great. Yeah, little uh, Blaine was, was here, but now he's gone. So we'll see if he is able to come back to the show tonight with us. So we may have him. But uh, we got Parker back. We've been trying to get you back for, what, several weeks now. A couple months, Parker? Is that what it's been? A couple months, yeah. We had a... Um... I think it was around week nine or ten or something with y'all, and then um, uh, crazy stuff going on. Moved, moved. I'm in a whole new state now, so um, you know, life. <laughs> but the question life remains: does unfortunately Are you still happen. an Atlanta fan? <laughs> oh yeah, thirty south through and through, right? Yeah, I've been an Atlanta United fan, lifetime fan since 2017. So. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, uh, we're going to be talking about round 31 tonight, and I'm going to go ahead and just mint, let the cat out of the bag. Round 31's not over yet. Uh, I, I get it. If you're listening, we know it's just Houston versus Sporting Kansas City. Both teams are missing players. Don't think it's going to be a huge impact on round 32 and player picks going forward. So we're just going to roll with it and talk about that. But that does mean that our... Uh, review of our teams is going to be slightly different. So guys, I'm not going to ask you obviously how your teams did. How are your teams doing so far, Mike? Oh, uh, okay. Um, my biggest uh, joy so far has been the Red Bulls, which there's, I don't find a whole lot of joy in the Red Bulls doing well. But at least, you know, they helped out my fantasy team, Question Long, BWP. Uh, unfortunately, I have Royer on, on the bench. Um Big disappointment for me and probably for a lot of the managers was Ibsen, only six points, was expecting a whole lot for him, and he was my captain, um, which I blame Reed for talking me into at the last, last podcast and because uh, I had it on Sanchez at first, and that would be a whole lot more optimistic. But um, it seems like I'm doing okay. Green Arrows so far, um, I will have 91 points once Villalba uh, subs in. So right now I'm at rank, round rank 904 Green Arrows, so... Okay, and what's really just kind of a weird week, hold your ground. I'm gonna uh, defend my I'm gonna defend my Ibsen pick real quick. Uh, until this round, he had only had two or uh, yeah, only had two previous weeks where he had scored three points and one week where he had scored two points. Everything else had been more in the five point range. Complete, complete fluke. I would have thought he would have gotten some more defensive bonus points over in Atlanta, but that's that, Parker. Your team. Yeah, we're doing 
bad this week. Um, I'm, looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at 52 points. I chose poorly when it came to the uh, the uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, you know, I I went with Royer, who had a nice nice return. He had 10 points and missed out a little bit on Klesjen, um, who I kind of talked myself out of. Um, we'll see, though. I've still got four Sporting Kansas City players, though I think uh, Milia is going to be out in keeper, which really sank, sank some points for me, I think. Um, you know, aside from that, um, I'm going to be waiting to see what Kubo Torres does. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm uh, in that same boat as far as Malia goes. Uh, I'm on 90 points right now. I, I think I've had a pretty pretty good round. Uh, I did a switcheroo with uh, Bradley Wright Phillips and Rubio. And I was talking with Mike and some of the other guys in our, in our Twitter DM before the round started. And I was thinking, man, would, uh, if he had gotten a bit more, I mean, eight is a great score. I usually go with an eight, but I was hoping for some more points and Sporting Kansas City's in a double. What do I do? What do I do? And conventional wisdom said, take the eight and roll with it. But you know what? Blaine, who's not here tonight because he's got, I think he's gotten sick. He had, he was getting a flu shot. So maybe it's kicked in and he had to drop right that last second. Um, but anyway, Blaine helped convince me, just like go with it last few rounds. So I went with it. Rubio's on a 10 right now. So there's two more points for me right there. Helped a whole bunch. See if he can do more in this next round. Uh, but yeah, I had question. I have long Gonzalez. So I got some of the big point producers have Sanchez. So I'm hoping to break that hundred point mark, uh, but I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Malia out right now. I'm sitting on a round rank 304, and I've gotten back into the top 100 so far, all green arrows. One red arrow. I will talk about that a little bit later because, you know, it's just a little bit of frustration. So let's talk about round uh, round 31, guys. Uh, as I said, there's still more games to play, but we got a bunch of games to talk to. First, though, USA. Let's let's cover that real quick. I know everyone's talking about it right now. Uh, I loved this game. It was it was great. Uh, the first half was was fantastic. Of course, I think as we expected, when you're up three zero, people slow down in in the second half, try to bunker up some. It it, it got got a bit more uh, less fun. I don't know. We're still winning, so I was into it the whole time. What did you all take from it? Oh, I I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, I think the biggest thing is. U.S. does a lot better when they get that early lead, um, you know, and they can kind of get teams to stretch out. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they they just humiliated Panama and Honduras, I think, a lot more than any of us expected just because they got that quick early goal. They were really motivated, and boom. So hopefully we can do that again tomorrow so I don't, you know, get rid of all my fingernails chewing through them. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping we get another performance like that in, in the water park. Parker? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, 4-0 scoreline, you're always going to take that. You know, I, I do think, though, that, you know, Panama, I think, came out and saw what Costa Rica did and thought that they could do it to the U.S. also, and they showed that they are not that team. Um, but they had their chances, too, and, and I think that, you know, the the scoreline's really great. It was really nice seeing that, that attacking three with, uh, you know, Wood and Altador and, and Pulisic coming together really well, and um, you know, I think the right side of the attack also looked nice with, um, you know, Yedlin and Ariola. Um, but the, I think that the defense, you know, still needs a little bit of work. Um, I think, I think we were lucky to keep a clean sheet. Otherwise really like those four goals. 
Love having Edlin back there, though. There was a point during the game where I, I tweeted out, I'm not sure at various times if Yedlin or Pulisic is my favorite player on this team because I just I just love to see Yedlin sprint across the field and go, nope, when he goes and just denies <laughs> the ball. So that, that brings me a lot of joy. Uh, the one thing that continues to frustrate me with USA, and I, and I sent this out in a tweet as well, the our team reminds me of times of my college days because it's like, hey, this final, this midterm is due tomorrow. It's, uh, you know, 10 o'clock. It's due at 8. Yeah, I'll start now. We'll see. Because I feel like we just wait the last second sometimes to, to get serious with these games. And so very stressful and annoying. But the biggest takeaway, a personal takeaway for me, is during this game, my fiance's father starts texting me about stuff going on. And I'm like, this he's watching this game? He, this is a man who thinks at one point said that soccer was a conspiracy to get rid of American football in high schools. And he's watching it. I get a text message that says, who is this Dempsey person people keep chanting about? And I'm like, you're still watching this game. It's, it's amazing to me that, that he was doing it. And so invested, uh, I'm hoping the first game he ever saw was that big snowpocalypse game with Atlanta and Minnesota. So I think that got him a little bit into it because that was kind of crazy. But uh, that that was a big, a big smile for me, a great, a great bonding moment. So I'm happy that USA soccer can bring lots of people together. But let's get back to the fantasy side. Parker, we've got you here tonight. We had an upset in Atlanta. Um, What... What happened to you guys? I know your stars are missing. Is that what you're going to fall back to? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back to that a little bit. I think that you know, there's that, and then just the the level of fatigue that the team had um, sure. coming into that game. But I mean, you know, you look at there's a huge fall off in in goalkeeping when you go from <laughs> from Brad first to fourth, the number one to Alicon being hurt to Kyle Rainish, who I think has played two games or something in the last three years. And then, you know, Alex Timbakis, the, the uh, first ever Atlanta United signing kind of coming in and, and doing his best, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, but That's a nice way to say it. Yeah. You know, at the same time though, um, I, I was, I was, uh, I think that, that the, it was a mistake starting Kenwin Jones up top in this game. Um, and I think that that really came back to bite him. And you really saw that when they went down to 10 men and they took Jones off and just weren't playing with a striker, how much better and faster the attack was. Um, and that that game was crazy, though. And honestly, I'm surprised that Atlanta hasn't played in more games like that this year. Um, and I, I kind of think it speaks to how good the defense has been and how much of a surprise that's been. But at the same time, like... I, I've been expecting more kind of madcap, crazy games like that where it's, you know... 3-2, 4-3, something like that, just, just based on the way that Tata likes to push forward and play soccer with his hair on fire. Um, so uh, that, it was a fun game. Um, and, you know, I think that the team could have rolled over and, and lost, you know, when they went down a goal and they were tired, but uh, they didn't. And it was fun to watch, you know. Good job for Minnesota, though. Yeah, I mean, the late goal is what saved them. Uh, both, I believe, the Atlanta goals came in the second half when they had those, or at least when they had 10 men down on the field. Uh, and from the fantasy point of view, it came from who we would expect when Martinez and Almiron are gone. Gressel, Vialba, Assad, I mean, those are still the main go-to guys. I mean, 
Assad and Vialba, I think, are even staples when everybody's there. I think Gressel's the one that loses some from the fantasy standpoint. Uh, but but all five of those guys are always dangerous, and you see it's still those go-to guys who came through for uh, Atlanta to an extent this time. Uh, Mike, you mentioned the Red Bulls. Let's go ahead and let you talk about this one. They've clinched a spot, so they're they're in. They're in that, that top six there in the East, um, and they made Vancouver look silly while doing it. Vancouver, this team that had been dominating the West, fell pretty easily to the Red Bulls. Well, and Vancouver's done most of their dominance at home. Um, I mean, they did get that win against Sporting Kansas City, which they probably shouldn't have gotten, if you want to ask more about that. You can talk to Blaine, who will be very happy to tell you all about how Vancouver had no business winning that match against Sporting Kansas City. (laughs) But um, if you look at, like, Vancouver, like, underlying numbers, they're, like, the big red flag, like, it doesn't really make sense why they're at the top of the conference. They're just not generating the kinds of chances. They've been a little lucky on both ends, offensively and defensively. So it really wasn't surprising for me for them to go cross-country and get walloped. I mean, the, really the only question for me going into this game was whether the New York Red Bulls were going to turn it around with their poor form of late. And sure enough, they didn't have a whole lot of absences, and they did. Um, they, they probably could have scored a few more goals. Uh, they clinched um, the playoffs, which you weren't sure if that was going to be Available for them, um, but yeah, I mean, so now you know for the Red Bulls, they have they're in an interesting spot. They're six points back from the fifth place spot, so um, probably after this weekend, they will be locked into the sixth seed. So um, it'll be an interesting uh, thing because they'll you know whoever loses out between New York City and Atlanta probably faces the Red Bulls, uh, which is not the easiest uh, wild card matchup. Yeah, and some of the fantasy standouts, uh, Adams and Royer becoming on strong these last few weeks. Uh, BWP scored. Kleschen got a lot of points. Uh, BWP still a little bit of a disappointment for me. I was kind of hoping for a bit stronger of a performance from him. But, I mean, a goal usually is, is pretty solid when you have your your forward there getting at any kind of points. But uh, I heard an in- interesting stat on Extra Time Radio talking about this is the fifth or sixth game where Royer and BWP have scored in the same game. So if you do ever want to start stacking some New York Red Bulls players in these last couple of games, going Royer and BWP could be a, uh, a risk that you could take and pay off for you with, uh, with fantasy players. So we mentioned this, uh, Parker, you talked about that injury. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, Minnesota's second game. Mike, you already talked about it. Ibsen, two worst point-scoring rounds, games, and in a long time did not work out. But that injury to Malia, we just had one minute more. How how much did that hurt you, Parker? (laughs) Yeah, that hurt me a lot. Um, You know, (laughs) just, just missing out on the clean sheet, I was like, just hold on. Just wait. Just let him. Just let him wallow <laughs> around on the field a little bit more. Sporting. Sporting's been doing it the whole game. They've just been rolling around on the ground as soon as they got that goal. Um, you know, and they they picked him up and carried him off the field. But you know, the that game was was on on one hand, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted Sporting to get a little bit of revenge for for what they did, uh, what Minnesota did against Atlanta. But then at the same time, watching them get the goal and then try to bunker for, you know, the rest of the game um, only to see their keeper go off and lose their lead was just such poetry. Um, And very MLS. It was very MLS. (laughs) And, you know, I, I think that sporting, they, 
I think that they kind of play a little bit more cynical soccer than I like to watch, and, and I don't really mind losing or watching them lose three points like that. But you can't say it's completely unexpected. Two road games, trying to trying to bunker up to get some of those points to clinch your spot. I mean, uh, and they're a defensive team. But I get you. I get you. It's not it's not what we want to see. Some of that excitement all the time. Um, the reverse Madrana got us all this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it got us all. <laughs> I, I, I want to complain about the reverse Madrana because okay. to, to me, I think you should either get. I think it's the way the system is now. You should get a clean sheet at forty five minutes. And the reason I think that should be the case is that you get the uh, price deduction at 45 minutes. So oh, to me, if you can get a price deduction at 45 minutes, you should also get the clean sheet bonus. Um, now, I wouldn't have a problem if they changed it both to 60 minutes, that you get the price deduction arise at 60 minutes and um, you know the clean sheet at 60 minutes. But for me, it's super unfair to have a price decrease for a player who wasn't didn't have the possibility of getting a clean sheet. Um, so that's just one like gripe pick rant with the rules. It's always just kind of bugged me. Um, and the other thing I want to point out about this game, and kind of should could have mentioned it with the Atlanta game. Minnesota has been a lot better than I think we've expected, especially towards the end of this year. If you look at their results, they're not bad. I mean, they're not great by any stretch of the imagination. But heck, they clinched six, um, finishing above the LA Galaxy this year. Which, if you'd have told me that in week one, I'd be like, <laughs> "What are you smoking?" So, uh, really, Adrian, he's done a pretty good job. Um, Don Lottie has had a really good. We haven't talked about uh, his performance over this fantasy week. I'm trying to remember how many, but I think he got goals or at least a goal and assist in both games. But he he's he's really come on for him as a rookie. Um, I think he'll be uh, up there in rookie of the year uh, voting. I don't know if he'll win it. Yeah, 13 points this round. So. I think going forward, we can't treat Minnesota as kind of the doormat we used to. Um, they're at least like a viable, competent team, and there may be some other teams we need to look for to for the easy pickings. Well, we knew it wouldn't last. It, it was always a matter of gelling, and I think that's what we talked about at the beginning of the season, the difference between Minnesota and Atlanta is Minnesota just brought so many people in so late in the game that they didn't have that time to figure themselves out and what they want to do. And they made a lot of great signings in the midseason. Cronin coming in, bringing those guys in from Colorado, helped shore up some, swapping their defenders for some guys that weren't going to be bad in the back all the time. Mm. Um, and then getting Finlay coming in here, helping give some more options. Uh, they, they've been making a lot of smart moves midseason. And so it's, it's great to see them there. And, you know, Mike, we're also looking at the very real possibility – of LA Galaxy finishing at the bottom of the table under Colorado and DC in addition to Minnesota. Yeah, I was tweeting at one of our LA fans uh, who, who's a friend of us, Brian, and uh, was telling him, look, you know, at least it'll be a great moment for LA soccer when the LA, uh, LA LAFC and LA Galaxy pick one and two in the draft. Um, <laughs> he was not as thrilled by that prospect as I was. <laughs> it's like flashback to the 90s all of a sudden. What's <laughs> What's going on? Uh, Colorado, Dallas. Speaking of Colorado, the only note I have here is is the Jason Yawn. That's that's all I have for this game. One one draw, about as exciting as you could have expected. But it was Dallas lost this necessary game for them. They're one point above San Jose and Real Salt Lake now. It's it's tight there in the West, and this is a huge blow. To Dallas, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway here is it's a huge blow to Dallas and RSL and San Jose are still very much in this hunt for 
for the playoffs. Uh, feel free to add anything. That's I, I don't yeah. know if there's much to add about this Dallas game. I mean, really bad. Not so much happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean the game was bad. I had no interest in watching this. I can't imagine most people wanted to watch this either. Um, I, at, you know, at this point with everything that's gone on this week with Dallas having one more point than they deserve, uh, I'm just really hoping that they don't make the playoffs because no one wants to watch them. They're absolutely uninteresting. Um, there's no one that's particularly interesting from a fantasy perspective or from an aesthetics perspective. So, yeah, um, I'm kind of rooting for whoever's playing Dallas. At this point. <laughs> we had, I think that that was just a game where it was kind of like you've got Colorado who seemed like never even tried this year and then Dallas who gave up um and and I don't know if it's just you know the players need to see something different or you know need to to move on from there um you know get out of the their some of their players are kind of big fish in a little pool and I don't know if that's kind of ha- catching up to them a little bit but um you know uh I did think that Atiba Harris's goal was scored due to defensive indifference and I thought that that only really happened in baseball <laughs> well, I mean, there's a first for everything. And of course, the last game that has not happened yet, Houston hosting Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City's second game. Uh, Mike Parker, any expectations on this, which is going to happen on Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in this game. Um, I mean, Houston's kind of needs to come alive a little bit here as they're making their run into the playoffs. And um, you know, it'll be interesting if, if Melia can't go um, to see what they do. I obviously I'm hoping hoping something good happens for Houston. I've got Kubo Torres um, as kind of a, a hopeful pick. So we'll see what happens. I, I think this is going to be like an ugly draw, uh, <laughs> especially with Melia being out. All of a sudden, you know, Peter Vermey starts thinking about injuries and preserving his players. Um, yeah, I, I think especially with Sporting Kansas City, you know, not a whole lot of shakeup where they're, you know, really worried about losing their second spot. I, I can see them just going into Houston, being an ugly game, uh, being very physical, you know, that cynical style that Parker mentioned. I, I'm expecting a lot of that because Houston doesn't have their main attacking forces. They're all going to be coming back from international duty and will un- be unlikely to play. So it's going to be ugly, like an ugly 1-1 draw. And then we'll see what happens again the next round. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. So that's everything that happened. Short, short week. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we move on? Let's get to it. Let's do it. All right. Quick housekeeping. Celebrate the good times, everyone. Last two rounds of the season. No more buys. No more double game weeks. It is just Aww. straight up. Oh, Mike is sad, but it's no just double game weeks. Up. Well, they're, they're great. There, this was the last one. I know it, it's still around, Mike. You have until Wednesday. It's over. The year is ending. I'm not ready. <laughs> no, it's straight up regular fantasy soccer now. Picking from every team. Picking the best player. But with a little caveat because East and West is becoming more solidified now. Well, the East at least anyway. Toronto, New York City, Atlanta, Chicago, Columbus, and the New York Red Bulls are all in the playoffs from the East. Everyone else there is out. So possibility of rotations, possibility of just anything because of, of that ex, of that twist that's going on. The West, still up for grabs. Vancouver is the only team that secured a spot. Everything else is really at play right there. I mean, you're looking at Houston probably having the highest chance 
of, of squeaking in to some of the bottom, but Dallas, Real Salt Lake, San Jose, like I already mentioned, right there. And even Portland and Seattle, if they don't pick up points that they need, they're going to make it, but they could fall down lower in the ranking. So a lot to play for still right there. It's still up for grabs. Thank you so much, everyone. Patreon, right before we get to Mike's picks. Um, it's it's just so great this season. We've, we've done a lot of new things. We've got some new people in. We've got the scarves. We've tried to expand on it. Um, thank you so much for the support that you've given to the show throughout the season, the multiple seasons. I look forward to everything that we're going to do in the future. I hope to do some stuff in the off season with Patreon for everyone. Uh, maybe get some, some previews of our primer. Maybe try to introduce a video series. So we have some ideas in the works, but please let me know if there's things that you want to see that we could do for you, special fans that help financially support us, then let us know what makes that worth it to you. And we will try to do what we can to make that awesome. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way to help support us to put this show on, to cover the fees that we have for our hosting, to cover the fees that we get when we're getting prizes and mailing prizes and just try to cover what we do because there is a cost for the show and uh, we are happy to bear what we can and even more happy for those of you who wish to help share that burden with us to produce what we think is a pretty good podcast out there. And it's because of you, our listeners, who just help make this. If you are interested in learning more about it, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And Mike, actually, before your injury report, uh, one exciting piece of news, Jason's not here with us tonight because he, as you know, lost his job, has been doing some job hunting, flew around the world, lots of interviews, and now he has a job. So congrats, Jason, at JMLSFI. He's Ooh. out getting a little celebratory dinner tonight. So send Thank us some congratulations. Glad, glad it happened to you, man. Miracles do happen, right? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Love you, Jay. Congrats, man. All right, Mike, now give us that injury report. All right, well, disclaimer first, we haven't had a whole lot of injury news because um, all the beat writers have been doing international stuff, so news has been scarce. There haven't been a whole lot of press conferences because not a lot of games, so expect more injury news uh, later this week. But uh, we'll start with Orlando. Um, First, uh, Higuaita has been shut down. Uh, expect a few more um, comments like this from the East teams that have been eliminated. Um, let's see. Uh, Kaká, um, no injury, but he did say, quote, that he's not having any joy playing with Orlando. So maybe keep an eye on that situation. Um, Will Johnson is back in training after being suspended for his domestic violence incident, but he is not yet declared eligible to play in actual matches. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, Tim Melia, he's out two to four weeks, so he will be out for the rest of the regular season. So he is donezo fantasy-wise. Um, for discipline, uh, obviously we don't have a whole lot of new stuff, but uh, Greenspan from Minnesota uh, was suspended for the red card uh, that he received. Uh, obviously Atlanta's keeper is also suspended, but that's not that big of a deal. Uh, we do have some other suspensions that are more noteworthy. Uh, Jared Watts for Colorado, he is also suspended this coming game. Uh, Levitz for Montreal also has a red card that will take him out of the game against Toronto. Uh, a big one, Maxi Morales, New York City, uh, suspended for yellow card accumulation. Silva for RSL, suspended for a red. Uh, Graham Zussi is suspended for the game against Houston, so he's not eligible to play even if he does get back in time. 
And then uh, Christian Bolaños is also suspended for a red card uh, against uh, San Jose. So um, those are the suspensions that uh, and injuries that I have. Like I said, not a whole lot of uh, new stuff because you know most of the beat writers took the week off. All right, Mike, thank you so much for those tips and uh, for just being honest about what everyone can expect as far as the stuff goes. With hope there'll be no serious injuries during the rest of these qualifiers. Yeah, and, and we should mention, too, um, the way that the lineups are going to stack out, it's not going to be as big of a deal. Like, you're going to see all of the Eastern Conference lineups uh, this week, and then, you know, next week you'll see all of the lineups because they all kick off at the same time. So the only lineups we won't have are the West lineups, and thankfully those, at least for the fantasy-wise, tend to be the better-covered team. So you should be pretty well upset for this week. All right, well, let's move on to previewing round 32. It's going to be a game-by-game preview, and I'll try to let everyone know uh, which teams have clinched a playoff spot and which teams are just out completely to help you with your decisions going forward. And that ties into our only Reddit question this round. Guys, uh, as you're talking about your picks, let us know, but are you concerned about using players from teams that have already been eliminated or already clinched a spot into the playoff? I'm not necessarily concerned. Um, you know, I think that you might see like these kind of important sort of players that aren't necessarily vital to fantasy getting rotated a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously that can have kind of a knock-on effect, but I, I kind of think that there's still a lot to play for, um, especially with seeding, especially in the West. Um, and then in the East, too, I think that the teams are not, it's uh, still fairly close as far as, you know, um, New York and Atlanta. I think Atlanta at least thinks that they're jockeying for a, uh, a first-round buy there. And then um, uh, I think that there's still a bunch to play for. Um, these weeks are always fun, though, because you always find, like, some unknown player comes out and scores a hat trick. <laughs> so so it's a good good week for a punt. Yeah, you never know. Uh, if it wasn't for a hamstring injury, I'm sure everyone would be leaning towards duty this week. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know when to pull another three, a hat trick of assists out there. All right, Mike, what about you? Uh, I think it, it really depends by the team. Um, you know, some teams I'm a little bit more worried uh, than others. Um, you know, especially if they're fighting for a new head coach or if they're, you know, like, for example, DC's been eliminated for a while. I don't expect them to rest um, whatsoever uh, because they're trying to kind of build for next year. Uh, a team like New England, they've already fired their coach. Uh, they don't have a full interim replacement. Maybe they're fighting for the jobs, but I think you could see a few people get shut down. Um, you know, for Montreal, um, Belio is maybe playing for his job although there are some reports that he's already been fired. So if that's the case, they you know, might be shutting it down too. You know, so it kind of really depends on which team you're talking about, um, you know, and, and kind of looking at their motivations. Um, some teams I'm more worried about it than others. Like, for example, or we talked about Orlando. I think Jason Christ is playing for his job. I think he's playing his A-plus lineup. Um, you know, for teams that, you know, Coaches are done or I've already been fired and there's not a whole lot to play for. I think you'll see I'm more concerned about those teams shutting them down than others. Yeah, and some of that's a combination of looking forward for next year. But also I think Colorado's another one you can talk about how they have that interim coach who wants to try to get maybe a couple more wins or a win and a draw before the season's over to show that he's the guy to go forward with the next season. So, uh, yeah, no, I think you're totally right, Mike. Um, we'll try to point those out as we're uh, – 
looking forward with these games. So first game, Chicago versus Philadelphia. Not a bad game, in my opinion, here. Uh, Chicago's on a bit of an upswing, I think, and several of their players are, are pretty tempting. Uh, they have a good home scoring record. Uh, they're doing better than two goals per game when they're at home. Uh, as far as defense, they're also pretty good on defense. They're second best right under Sporting Kansas City. So I think right off the top, if you're looking at Lampson and the goal and then some of their main defenders, uh, Kappelhoff, Mira, Vincent, and any of the combination of those guys probably would maybe double up. I don't know if I'd go with more than two uh, Chicago defensive unit teams uh, just to help you spread some of that, that chance. Although if you want to go crazy, you could do it. Uh, but I think they're a good bet. For, for going against uh, Philadelphia, who um, does okay on the road with not giving up goals. But I think Chicago is is going to be back into a form that they can do well with. And as far as scoring on the road, Philadelphia just doesn't do that. So that just helps their defense. With that offensive side with Chicago, I think it has to be Nikolic. Um, you can go with the calm, and I can understand why people would want to do that. He's done sporadic minutes recently so that's enough to wave me off and Nikolic did get a couple of goals in his last at least one goal in his last two games so I think that's going to help his consistency help his form and it makes me want to go with it in that midfield spot keep an eye out for the starting lineup Schweinsteiger got 19 minutes in his last game if he comes in to start I'd be tempted for him but I'm not necessarily 100% sold on Schweinsteiger. I think Chicago is a two to three player team this week as far as if you're looking for players for your fantasy team from goal line. I'm going to give this one uh, 2-0 to Chicago. Mike, New England versus – oh, sorry, I forgot. Uh, Chicago has clinched a spot in the playoffs. I still think, though, they're going to – be playing their players to, to get some of that form moving into it. Philadelphia is gone. Uh, if they have anything, they're going to play as far as pride. Uh, maybe Chicago, but but those that's the, where those two teams stand. Mike, New England gone versus New York City, who's clinched? Yeah, and it you know for New York City, they're fighting to get a um, first round bye. Um, if they win this match um, and, and Atlanta drops anything. Um, they will clinch, you know, the first round by, which I think would be be pretty big for them to get, you know, second seed uh, in the East two years in a row. Um, but what, how this matchup shakes down comes down to two players and whether or not they start. Uh, on the New England side, it's Lee Wynn. Um, he's had a few kind of injury situations recently where he's been kind of randomly dropped in the starting lineup. If you've been following him, um, you've kind of seen that. Um, so I'm curious if they shut him down. He's probably one of the big people I'm worried about uh, that happening this year. Uh, when he's played at home, he's been money. Um, we've talked about it before. He, he's almost been double digits at, at home. He's been so good at home. Uh, even though New York's defense is pretty good, I, I would still look at him if he starts. Now, on the other side, the other midfielder that we need to find out if they start or not is Andrea Pirlo. Uh, I said in the injury report, um, Maxi Morales is out. So the question is whether he gets replaced with Tommy McNamara or Andrea Pirlo. If it's Pirlo I'm abs and Win starts, I'm absolutely starting Lee Win because New York City is garbage when Pirlo plays. Um, but if not, I, I think it's probably you know a solid New York City team that we usually see. I wouldn't expect a whole lot from Lee Win, and I would expect New, uh, New York to at least get a, 
a draw, if if not a win. Um, like I said, I, we've kind of seen for the past few weeks, New England sort of give up and in a really kind of disheartening way. I mean, they got um, walloped by Atlanta and then walloped by Orlando. And it really takes skill to get walloped by Orlando these days. So um, depending on who what those guys play, I'm thinking this is like a 2-1 win for New York City because I'm praying to God that uh, Andrea Pirlo does not start and Patrick Vieira has learned his But lessons. it's his farewell tour. Well, I think he can do that farewell tour very, very well from the bench signing autographs. <laughs> that and, and you know, look, he should be on the team because like we might have penalty kick situations, and I would absolutely sub him on on the last <laughs> minute of play for a penalty kick situation. That's he, he he can be on the team. He can be in the eighteen. That's fine. He, you know, teach play players how to play in training. That's fine. But as far as actually being around on the field for more than a minute, no. <laughs> so, yeah, um, 2-1. As far as fantasy options, I, I think Lee Wynn, if he starts, um, he could probably also go David Villa. Uh, you know, he's on the road. He, even though he's on the road, he's still pretty good. He's one of the few road-proof players. So, obviously, no Morales and see if Pirlo plays. All right, Parker. Uh, New York Red Bulls, who have now clinched, versus your very own Atlanta, who have also clinched. Yeah, well, first, Mike, we can all agree that Orlando is terrible. Um, but <laughs> just to uh, get to this game, um, you know, I I haven't really been buying New York all year. Um, I think that they really, really have missed Dax McCarty. Um and they've really struggled without him. Uh, and I kind of think that that the last result, you know, they beat Orlando or Vancouver um, 3-0. But I think that that was, you know, I, Vancouver you shouldn't be buying, but they also made a big mistake starting a three-man back line. Um, so I, I don't really know that I, I trust that result as much as kind of the, the scoreline sort of indicates. As far as Atlanta, um, you know, they're going to have uh, almost two weeks of rest, which they haven't had in a long time. Um, and they're going to, you know, have Tito Vialba and, um, Joseph Martinez, um, back, uh, and uh, the Atlanta Twitter kind of teased maybe Miguel Almiron, uh, coming back, but that is a big tease. I think he's still a week or two away. Um, you know, Atlanta also has, has gotten some decent road results. You know, they just went out and, um, held, I, I think New England's a little bit better, at home, I think that they've got 10 or 11 wins at home this year, and they held them scoreless. Um, and I think that they'll do some things that are going to be able to break up the uh, you know, Red Bulls attack there. But these are two pressing teams, um, and I think that chances are not really going to be um, hard. Or they're going to be hard to come by, and, and teams are really these teams are really going to have to take them when they come up. Um, I'm not really worried about Atlanta rotating. Um, you know, I think that that uh, Tata Martina has talked about, he wants to get that second, that uh, second spot in the East. Um, he said it over and over again. And I think that you kind of saw, even after they clinched, they were still kind of trying to roll out that top lineup um, when they were having the congested schedule this last month. Um, as far as the, the Red Bulls. Um, yeah. I, I also don't expect that they'll rotate, especially, um, you know, they've, they've got the rest, I think that they want to be a little bit higher in the ranking. Um, and so as far as kind of player picks for Atlanta, I'm looking at um, Tito Vigialba. Um, he's been just tremendous. Um, 
And I think that, um, you know, I think he's the third or fourth ranked striker right now in, um, in fantasy. Um, and then uh, if uh, Joseph Martinez starts, I take a good look at him. And even in defense, I look at uh, Leandro Gonzalez uh, Perez. Um, you know, he, he can get those bonus points, even if they don't keep a clean sheet, he's still good for a five or a six point game. It's, it's, pretty incredible for new york i really like royer um he's good he's he's a pretty cheap price at getting points um i'd look at sasha uh question again if he's in behind um bwp the way that he has been the last few weeks um i don't know if um if we're going to see that same lineup again um given that atlanta kind of likes to push forward a little bit more than than some of the other teams that they've been playing recently as far as bwp i like him a little bit less he really needs a goal in order to um to be effective in fantasy so i might take a pass on him uh, as far as the scoreline i kind of predict a 1-1 i think that this one's going to be a little bit a little bit tighter like i said with the pressing teams i, I think that the chances will be a little bit harder to come by Okay, Mike, Orlando, which is out, versus Columbus, who is clinched. Well, I do want to put out on the podcast something I put out on Twitter. I have guaranteed, and it is accepted by Andrew Wiebe, so it is a solid guarantee, oh, wow. <laughs> that Atlanta will not make third. Atlanta will finish fourth in the Ooh. overall standings. And that is because I think the New York Red Bulls beat the bejesus out of Atlanta in this game. So I, it is a guarantee. It is official. So I have to admit it on the podcast. It is barren. It is out there. So boom. Um, but yeah, for Orlando Columbus, um, Orlando is having, you know, they're not really in a good spot right now. They haven't been in a good spot all year playing under Jason Christ. But, you know, now Kaka is complaining that he's having no joy playing. Uh, I mean, Christ is just blasting MLS officials. It's just kind of a weird, toxic situation there. Um, and Columbus has something to play for, and Orlando doesn't. I don't think there's a whole lot of great fantasy options unless you want to go with Columbus um, players on the road. Uh, I mean, Miram will be coming back from international duty uh, with a rock. So I don't know if he's the best pick, you know, coming back from all that road travel and then going on the road again. Um, doesn't seem great. Um, if you're looking for anyone, I, I think we need to talk about Yo- Yoshi Otun. Um, midfielder who's been slotted into the defense. He's expensive at 8.1. But uh, I think he's, you know, someone that you have to look at. Excuse me, eight point four because he got that point three after that last double game week. But I think he's, you know, with a Columbus team who hasn't been as very good defensively on the road. I think Yotun can have an opportunity for offensive points, especially if Kaká gets benched because he's complaining uh, about playing. So I'm thinking this is like a two-one game um, for Orlando. I think Columbus end up. Uh, drawing this one, so um, yeah, it's it's going to be a, an interesting match, but um, I, I think Columbus is not going to have enough to get it done uh, on the road. All right, fair enough. Now, uh, Parker, back to you. Toronto, who's clinched, uh, versus Montreal, that is gone. Yeah, um, this will be kind of an interesting goal uh, game. Um, you know. Like, are we going to see another butt goal from Piatti? Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of think that if if you want to talk about rotation, Toronto is definitely a team that might rotate. You know, um, I wouldn't count on Josie and maybe even Michael Bradley um, starting. I think that Bradley's probably 
a good candidate to start, um, but you're probably not going to start them in a week like this. Um, still, I want some, you know, I want to look at Toronto players um, in this game. Montreal, they obviously don't have anything really to play for. Their coach is on his way out, um, and their defense is just awful. Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking at leaning on on Toronto and, and making some a lot of picks with um, with them this week. Um, I really think that this could be a, a an ugly game for Montreal. Um, as far as who I'm looking at, um, uh, I think you go Victor Vasquez um, and then take a look. Make sure that Giovinco is starting. Um, I would I would also really strongly consider him. And then you know uh, Bono and goal and uh, Justin Morrow. Um, I don't think you can pass pass him up this week. Um, as far as Montreal, you know, you're still going to be looking at these guys, but, um, you know, Piatti and uh, Mancuso, but I, I really think I'm probably going to pass on them this week. Uh, as far as the score expectation, I think you might see Toronto, you know, 3-0. Um, I think okay. that they still have a bad taste in their mouth from that. that I think they lost 5-3 to them earlier this year, and I think they want to get revenge for that too. Yeah, that would be a, a nice little scoreline for them. Okay, Colorado versus Real Salt Lake. I mentioned Colorado a little bit earlier. They are out. Real Salt Lake is still right there in this. So because of that, I don't expect Real Salt Lake to hold anything back. They're going to go out guns blazing, uh, and that makes them pretty good picks as far as I think for fantasy this round, except that they are not many players to really draw from because they have some Red cards, as we talked about with Silva, they've got some injury concerns. Maybe Saverino has a little ankle injury right now. Um, that could be a risk. Obviously, the player you're going to go with, and I think is a must-have, uh, is Rusnak. Both teams have uh, some questionable defenses for being home and away. Real Salt Lake's the fourth-worst road defense. Uh, and Colorado has not been a fortress at home. I think they're the fourth or fifth worst home defense. So there is some chance for scoring with Rusnak. Um, Colorado's also not been great at scoring, and uh, Real Salt Lake has, I don't know, like I said, they're the fourth worst road defense, but I don't, I don't really know where it's going to come from Colorado. It's not enough to make me think they're going to have uh, a bodgy or someone gonna gonna jump out. So for me, this one's all about Rusnak. Maybe Samarino, if you think he's gonna be okay, you could always fall back on the Plata, uh, but he's not been as consistent at this point to make me. But Rusnak is the easy choice with this one. RSL has everything to gain, and I know that Petke is gonna want to make that statement of making it to the playoffs in his first season with this team. Uh, as far as goals go, I mean, this is a huge cup game for them, Rocky Mountain. It's it's a rivalry. Colorado is still difficult to play with. I think that they could eke it out 1-0 if they play tough. Um, it could end up being a 1-1 draw, though. So, uh, But I still like Rusnak's chances with, with this game. Mike, L.A., which is gone versus Minnesota, who is also gone. Yeah, um, you probably don't need me to tell you that this is not the best of games <laughs> to pick I from. You be on for this. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so boring that it's it's not even worth the on. It's like a delayed yawn now. Um, I mean, you, you probably don't need. I mean, LA is bad. Minnesota on the road is not a great pick. Uh, you know, unless they're playing Atlanta. Um, 
so your early real choices, you know, Alessandrini, I, I think has been a solid uh, pick, although he's had, you know, kind of injury issues. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets shut down. Although since this is a home game, I think he probably stays and, you know, Siggy Schmidt is trying to establish something for next year. So I th- think, you know, he's, this is one of those situations where I think he's more likely to play than not. Um, on the other side, you know, Ethan Finley, you know, the counterattacking ability um, th- that he brings, I-, I think he could pick up something, maybe Don Lottie as well. You probably have better choices, but if you picked anyone, I would go with Alessandrini. It's probably like a two, one win for uh, the LA galaxy. I-, I mean, the problem is for these teams, most of their players, none of their defense, none of their defenders are any good. Uh, their keepers aren't very good. Um, most of their forwards are inconsistent at best. So, um, yeah, I mean, Alessandrini or Finley are really two uh, fantasy options this week. Okay, Parker, moving on, we have Portland, who is still in it, versus uh, DC, who's been eliminated. Yeah, this is this is a interesting game isn't it um yeah i look at this one and i kind of think like who knows um it could easily go like three three or one zero or be like a zero zero draw um it's just it's just a kind of hard game to tell because you just never know what you're gonna see out of dc um i think you need to hop on the patrick mullins train mike (laughs) (laughs) woo woo there we go. There it is. I can't do it as loud as I did. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Because I woke my kid up and got fussed at me. <laughs> <laughs> that one got in trouble. Sorry, Parker, go on. That's, yeah, that's that's all right. Uh, got to get the sound effects in. Um, you know, I think that DC is going to make it hard for teams to do anything in their, their final third. Um, they obviously don't care about possession. They can also get incredibly lucky. Um and then jump on teams and, and score goals on the counter. Um, as far as Portland goes, I mean, Caleb Porter has one idea, and it's get possession and don't worry about the defense. Um, and it works sometimes, but they really can't defend. And I think that, that DC is going to get in, uh, get in on some counters and get in behind their defense a little bit. Um, you know, I think that Diego Valeri should be a must-own this week, though. He'll still get his points and his shots. Um, and so as far as kind of picks... Obviously, you're going to look at Valeri, maybe Blanco if you like him. Um, uh, but DC, it might be a good game to go ahead and hit that sound effect again. Uh, take a punt on Mullins um, or Acosta. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, I don't know what happened, but Bill Hamid apparently crossed Ben Olsen um, and has just been banished from, <laughs> from playing. Um, so that could also factor into the game. He, I don't think he's signing a new deal. So they're basically already tr- trying out Steve Clark for next year. So it's like, okay, you're not going to sign a new deal. We're moving on. So I think he's probably done for DC United he's, unless they bring him back out for the last they're, Yeah, they're definitely showing him the door. So I, uh, I, I would... I would like that idea of Mullins as like a punt, but he's an awful switcheroo for this yeah. round. If he only played that 5 o'clock game, then that would be that would be great. But I wish, I wish she was earlier because that is very tempting for me just because uh, Portland at, at home has not been fantastic. They're just middle of the pack as far as defense goes. Yeah. You, you could easily have them as the third p- person and just have, uh, you know, the early game as, you know, the first part of the switcheroo. He's the second part of the switcheroo. 
See, I'd rather see his points first, though. I like I like a bit of a safer switcheroo. I think that you could also do something where, like, if you if you're since we're going to see these lineups at seven thirty, and you're not sure that there's going to be you know two players starting. I mean, you don't even know if Mullins is going to start. You could have him and somebody else you aren't sure is going to start and and switch him in. You know, for the that seven thirty game. That's true. We can see what happens, but uh, very tempting. Mullins is is a very tempting option, I think. Mike, Seattle versus Dallas, both teams still in it. Obviously, this means more to Dallas. Yeah, but I think, it, I mean, for Seattle, it certainly means a lot, too. They're going to be fighting, um, you know, right now they're one point out, depending on what Sporting Kansas City does uh, at Houston for, for the bye. Uh, I think that's something that um, Seattle is going to want. Um so I, I think, you know, obviously both teams are going to be playing it. No worries about rotation. Uh, and remember what I said about the beginning of the podcast about Dallas being bad. Uh, they're still really bad, and they're really, really bad on the road. So I think this is a week to look at um, Seattle players. Uh, Ladero is probably at the top of your list. Uh, and then there's a whole lot of really interesting kind of funky options, maybe as the second part of the switcheroo as we're talking about guys like Roldan, um, or, or Will Bruin, you know, kind of guys who you're not really like are super consistent. But I mean, Will Bruin with Morris's injuries getting gotten more playing time. Um, for Dempsey, I don't know, kind of see how much he plays, um, you know, on Tuesday. Uh, you know, we're recording this on Monday. But I mean, Ladero's probably a must have this week. Rolled on, I could see as kind of a, um, a cheap midfield option. Maybe it's a switcheroo uh, kind of person. Um, Joven Jones, um, you know, depending on if he plays we'll, we'll see what trinidad and tobago does with him uh this week as well uh against the u.s Ho- hopefully he sits and has a nice rest uh against the u.s but um yeah i i think a lot of, you could probably go for seattle players uh this week that's how bad i think dallas has been even though dallas is bringing it uh, i think there's a lot of good fantasy options from seattle Okay, we have oh, sporting. and scoreline, I yeah, will scoreline. say um, 3 nothing Seattle. Dang. All right. I do I do enjoy me some Will Bruin at times, so this could be a good round for him. Uh, sporting Kansas City versus Houston, both, as we've mentioned multiple times, still in this. And uh, this, this could be a very interesting game. Uh, we'll see, like I said, a tidbit of it. On, on Wednesday to see how these two teams feel each other out with their diminished rosters. But I think Sporting Kansas City, even at home, is in a bit of a rough spot right here. If they don't have Malia back, they're not going to have Zussi. Potentially may not have Beasler either, depending on what kind of playtime he gets down in Trinidad. That's that's a pretty hard hit to that defensive back line, and that could open up Houston, who, while they've traditionally – had a little bit of hard time scoring on the road. Um, that could give them the opportunities that they need to to make it happen, especially if they come frustrated from the game that they're having in round 31. It's it's going to be the regular who's who's as, as far as players go right here. If you're looking for sporting Kansas City players, I think you're going to be going with uh, Sanchez for sure. Watch Failhaber's playtime to see he would be an option that I think would be uh, okay this round. Um, I don't know if he makes my final cut for midfielders with with Seattle and and Toronto being some tempting options, but he, he's one to to think about right there because uh, Houston's not been fantastic on the road as far as defense goes either. 
Uh, Rubio is another option. See how he does in this double game week to guess uh, for his his form. Uh, in the past double game weeks that that he's been around for, he's featured in both. Never gone the full ninety. It could happen this round, but I think he could be a good bet. Uh, to play again this round with some points. On the Houston side, I mean, we know what's going to happen with their offense. They're going to be looking at that combination play, Ellis and uh, Torres, and it's it's going to be – I think Ellis at this point is my favorite forward. I don't – do you guys disagree as far as a Houston forward? Is, is Ellis the top for you, or is, are you still back and forth with Torres? I think he's probably replaced Torres as the – top one of the top picks for uh cabrera so yeah i i don't think torres is as good um you know after this double game week once all the internationals coming back he's definitely my go-to as far as a forward goes if that sporting kansas city defense does take that hit uh he could be another one that you're going to want to take a little bit of a, a punt on to see if he could get some points for you um otherwise i i don't want to go too heavy with Houston, I'm not a big Alex fan, so um, I'd probably look at Ellis as one of the only options. Unless you really don't think their offense is going to do anything, then you could look at somebody uh, like uh, Leonardo or maybe a De La Garza. Parker, wrap us all up with Vancouver versus Seattle. Vancouver has – sorry, not Seattle, San Jose. Vancouver has clinched, and San Jose is right there on the bubble. Yeah, this is another one of those kind of interesting, interesting games in the Western Conference. Um, I think uh, you know you've got two weeks left, and I kind of look at the table and uh, and I say like, are any of these teams the best in the conference? And is Vancouver actually good? Um, and I really Careful, don't know. Fans will destroy you. I really don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I do know that San Jose has to win this game, um, and they have to come out and play. So it should it should make for you know should make for kind of a fun uh, interesting game to watch. Um, you you really don't know though with um, with these two teams kind of if they're going to be able to put these things together. Um, but um, you know, Van, like I said before though, I think Vancouver made a mistake up in um, New Jersey with their lineup playing three in the back, um, and it showed. But I I think that. Um, San Jose is gonna gonna come out and try to score. Um, so it should be an interesting game. I think that that both teams will have chances, and I think it'll be pretty wide open. I think that that you'll actually see kind of a two-two score line, uh, maybe a three-two in this one. A lot of goals. Um, that said, I think that you know if you want a cheap defender, Jacob Nerwitzki um, is four point five. Um, and uh, he's gotten some decent returns for being kind of a, a cheaper defender. Um, the the only real Vancouver kind of player that I'm confident in in the attack is uh, Freddy Montero, um, and he's decently priced also, kind of there at um, 9.4. Um, as far as San Jose, I am going to do my best with this one and say um, uh, Casa Ish Vili at 9.2. Um, if San Jose opens things up, uh, you know, I think that he can be in for another big game. Um, and then you knew that this name was going to pop up. Um, look at Wando. Um, you know, he's got an okay point in his, in his last games with eight and five. He's, he's 8.3. And um, he is a, you know, say whatever you want about him. He never quits. And um, 
and and with a, a spot in the playoffs on the line, um, this is kind of the the type of game that that sort of tailor made for him to to uh, you know get one of those those classic Wando garbage goals. Speaking of tailor made, does anyone else have the weird feeling that Wando scores the goal that gets the US to the World <laughs> Cup tomorrow night? I just I have like one of those like weird feelings. Too like, perfect. Well, you know, he owes us one. From the one you he know what? I, but that's the thing. I, I want him to have that redemption. Yeah, you know, I just want sure. him to have that one moment, just like, hey, all you haters. You know the thing. The thing that'll be real great is gonna be when like he takes the ball off of Dempsey's foot for the fifty-eighth <laughs> goal, <laughs> like knocks Dempsey over for it. <laughs> oh wow, that would be very Concacaf as well. Very yeah. MLS, very Concacaf so... all at the same time. You never know. All right, guys, thanks for those game breakdowns. Let's move on to the play recommendations right now. Uh, we'll just bounce back and forth between. Parker and Mike for this one. Then we'll get uh, Jason or Blaine or someone else to chime in later on in the week uh, when we get our chalkboard all put together. So let's start out with uh, keepers, Parker. Yeah, I like Alex Bono in this one. Um, I think I think he's good. Shout for a clean sheet. Mike? Huh? Keeper. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry to watch the Star Wars trailer. Hush, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. Um... I think Bono, um, I'm also interested in, I, I don't know if it'll be Lampson or whoever Chicago has, because um, they've kind of started, I think it was Sanchez uh, a week before. So, but, uh, you know, depending on how that situation right, uh, rings itself out, Bono. Okay, defenders, Mike. Uh, right now I have four, you know, since we haven't been able to make transfers, I actually have no idea if my team is financially feasible, but so I just threw it at the wall and we'll see what six, uh, when transfers open. Um, I have, uh, Jovan Jones, Brandon Vincent, Yoshi Yotun, and, uh, Brandon Mora. Parker. Yeah, I've got, uh, Justin Morrow, um, uh, Yoshi Yotun, Jovan Jones, and Kappelhoff. No. Oh. Similarities there. Okay, Parker, midfield. I'm going to start it off with Diego Valeri, um, Victor Vasquez, uh, uh, Rusnak, and then uh, Lee Wynn, if he's healthy. Mike? Well, first, I'm going to apologize for calling Justin Morrow Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow is a Dallas star, not the TFC <laughs> defender. Um, but for midfield, um, I'm probably going to run a five-man midfield. Um, I have Sasha Kluschen, uh, Vasquez, Valeri, Ladero, and Alessandrini. So essentially, since you're going to have Yoshi, you're going to run a six-man midfield. Well, look, I'm giving you like, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. Like, right, like look, <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen, Mike. You love the midfield. Oh, I love the midfield. You know, I love the <laughs> midfield. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike. Forwards. All right, um, I have three forwards because I'm pretty sure the last one I might put in a switcheroo if it's feasible. Uh, I have Bradley Wright Phillips. I have Giovinco. Uh, and then I have Patrick Mullins. Woo-woo! <laughs> Park. Uh, I'm going with Tito Vijalva because nobody crushes Atlanta anywhere. Um, I'm looking at Nikolic. Um, he's, he's earning his way back into my good graces. And then um, I, I might do... Um, I'm looking at Christian Ramirez or Denladi in Minnesota. Um, I I think that that game shapes up really nicely for them. And if Clement Diop is starting in goal, um, look out. 
All right, captains. Parker. Uh, I think you have to go with the Oval Area. Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the only cross-country trip you have against, you know, the bottom team in the West. I think the last game we had was the last first game in 10 matches that Valeri didn't score. Yeah, got to be Valeri. And clean sheet chances, Mike. I think TFC and Chicago probably have the best ones. Um, Yeah, those are my two. Yeah, I'm going to say TFC and Chicago. All right, and of course, guys, I'm not going to handicap you. If you have any changes, let me know, and that will be reflected into the chalkboard. So, everyone, be sure to check out the MLS Fantasy Insider Twitter account about an hour before kickoff happens is when I try to get it posted uh, for the chalkboard. Sorry didn't have it last week, but with that quick turnaround, it just didn't happen. And with so few teams, you the options were skim. So thank you, everyone, for your picks and your breakdowns. Uh, we're going to move on to community time. Of course, since we have not finished any of the round yet, or at least one more game, I don't have any uh, adjustments, so I'm going to give you some quick updates on the head-to-head. The The only red arrow I had so far has been in the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league, uh, but we are in a playoff right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm going up against Alex Bruni, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, top 10 player, Chicken Bucket FC. I'm winning right now 90-76. to I'm hoping that he doesn't have some sort of amazing uh, switcheroo coming off the bench that's going to go through and help him sail past me, so I may make it to our semifinal round here. Uh, Not the highest score, though, 95 points to Jay Tripp, uh, who is the manager of Kale's Danger Zone right there. Uh, some solid scores there. Very tough game, though. Uh, Mr. Frumble is uh, at 85, so don't know how that's going to end up. Uh, it also looks like that uh, Stan Poskins is going to come through with his game against Joe Caldwell. And then Bit Nomad is currently winning over Mark Prince medal, uh, 86 to 56. So shaping up for a pretty good final games, final two rounds for the hosts or the MLS F- Fantasy Insider Patreon League, which is another little bonus that you get if you do become a Patreon donor. And the other league that I have to give an update to, the Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. This one is also looking fantastic, mostly because I'm winning my game against Travis. Sorry, man, but I'm trying to make it to the finals here. Ben Bear is is edging out fantasy football 24-7 right now. We love it. Oh, thank you so much, Ben Bear. You are only hoping you came through. You are Obi-Wan. Uh, 91 to 67 right there for Ben. Um, Three of us are in the 90s right now. Uh, Ivan from Fantasy Football First is beating Andrew Crawlard, but that is just an 89 to 90 game right now, so very close there. And then Blaine is currently edging out Jason 81 to 80. So still this is going to come down to this Houston game, and uh, we'll see what happens in the host league. It's going to be very exciting. Um, Parker, are you in any cool head-to-head leagues you'd like to highlight right now? Um, no, I'm just in a couple work leagues and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have any highlights. There's been just red arrows this week. It's very, very sad. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. I had a couple of rounds <laughs> like that in a row. So this is, this is great for me to kind of get on this good run of form for my last three, three rounds of the season would be a fantastic for me. Uh, well, Mike, anything you want to jump in there? I think you got bumped out of both of these. Yeah, I'm not in any uh, head-to-heads except for, I think, maybe a um, 
uh, the show league head-to-head, which I think of, I'm, I'm second, although I'm, I'm beating somebody 83 points to nothing right now. So, <laughs> hey, any win you can walk away from. Any win, any win works. So that's right. Yeah, that that's about it. I'm I am been dumped unceremoniously out of all of our head-to-head leagues. <laughs> to our, my great shame. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much to Parker for coming out. Uh, sorry that that Blaine ended up being sick and couldn't make it with us tonight. And congrats to Jason on his job, which is why he couldn't be here. He should be back to see the rest of the season out with us, though. We'll see how that works out for him. Uh, any plugs tonight, Parker? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a plug. We'll probably have something come up on the site at some point, but one of our writers at Dirty South, Sam Jones, I mentioned it before, put out a tweet uh, raising money for um, Fuji's family, uh, a charity in Atlanta. Um, you can find their GoFundMe if you kind of poke around our website, dirtysouthsoccer.com, uh, a little bit. Um, but we've raised over $2,000, and uh, Sam had to get a tattoo, which is hysterical. Um, <laughs> other than that, I wanted to do a quick plug. Um, I, I also cover the um, NC Courage. The uh, NWSL Championship is this weekend. Everybody should tune in. There we go. What time? believe it is at 3.30, but I could be wrong. Look it up. We'll find out. Mike? Oh, nothing but the usual. At MLS Injury News with all the injury stuff that you see. Appreciate the help uh, so far this year, and we'll close out um, pretty soon. And be sure to send Mike any fun Star Wars things as well. Uh, of course, <laughs> yes. you can check out everything I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We're going to be having charts and other articles coming out this week. Uh, a nice full week to start putting this stuff out for everyone. Uh, there will also be an article over at MLSSoccer.com. And please head over to r slash fantasy MLS tomorrow because Older Goaler is putting out the r slash fantasy MLS um, all-star voting. So we're going to have our all-star team from at least this second half of the fantasy season. Go vote for there. We'll put it up there, talk about it on probably our recap show after the season's over. But yeah, go and vote, participate. It's been a great season so far and uh, looking forward to having the feedback from all the fans to pick their fantasy starting 11, their favorites, their MVPs. And with that being said, good luck.